Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. What's up, everybody? I'm about to hurt my back. I really didn't think I was going to, but that's actually way heavier than I thought that it was going to be. Okay, guys. We got some pizza. We got some Mountain Dew. And uh, we're going to talk tonight about how our worship overflows. How our goal is to have a heart that pursues Jesus so much that we can't contain it, and it overflows into every aspect of our life. And not necessarily just the things that we have here right now, but where God is calling us to go. So, did you know that when you pour Mountain Dew into a cup, it fizzes? Isn't that weird? Did you ever, have you ever asked the question, why does Mountain Dew fizz when you pour it into a cup? You've never asked that question? Me neither. Man, that's a, that's a good pour right there. <laughs> this is now a full cup of Mountain Dew. That was probably about 90 calories in that drink right there, so that was awesome. But did you know how they carbonize drinks is that CO2 is like the whatever atom that's carbon dioxide. They pressure, they put carbon dioxide and water together at such high pressures that they are contained. And when it's in a bottle or a can, it's not fizzing. It's just that's where it's at because there's no room for the carbon dioxide to get out. But when you crack open a Mountain Dew, when you pour it into a cup or any carbonated beverage, the molecules of carbon now have a route to escape and overflow away from the H2O, which is nice, hashtag science. Carbon dioxide finally has an opportunity to get out of the water that it's in because all it wants to do is, is go away from where, where it's been this whole time. And so for us, I think that's a pretty appropriate illustration for what worship is and pursuing God is, should be in our hearts. That we have it in our hearts, that it's a part of our lives, and that there's only one thing that this, this feeling and this, this uh, calling that we have from God, it, it just has to extend out. It has to extend out. And so we have several moments in our life where you have opportunities for your worship to extend out in what you do, whether it's on a sports team, whether it's at school, whether it's in your family, your worship and pursuit of God should overflow into these areas. Yeah? Yeah. 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 Totally. So when we talk about worship overflowing, I think about uh, people in the Bible who have been called to, to go where God asks them to go. I think of Noah being called like, hey, you're the only person that I'm going to save right now because you're the only one righteous. I need you to build this ark, and I need you to do this really difficult thing, and people are going to think you're crazy, but I need you to do it. And Noah's act of worship was he was obedient to God, and he did that. And then you have other people in the Bible like, like Jonah who's like, hey, I need you to go tell this really wicked city about me so that they can repent so I don't destroy them. And Jonah, if you know Jonah's story, was very back and forth, a lot like some of us would be like, no, those guys are wicked. You probably should smite them. But God 
loves and pursues them just as they pursue us. And so God said, Jonah, I need you to go. Tell them about me. Tell them to repent so that they can be saved. Jonah got ate by a big old fish. That's what God used to wake him up to say, you should probably do what I ask you to do. And then Jonah did what God asked him to do. He followed him in obedience. Then we get to the New Testament. We have disciples, people like you and me with other jobs and other pursuits in their life. And they meet this guy named Jesus. And it changes their direction for where they're going in life. They're no longer pursuing their needs and desires. They're pursuing the desires of God's kingdom. God's kingdom is big. It's pretty huge, actually. Um, we're going to look at First Peter uh, chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. And this is Peter talking to a bunch of Christians about how they, they are called to greater. They are called into God's family to advance his kingdom. Uh, verse 9 of First Peter chapter 2. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you, as aliens and strangers in the world, to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. We are all called to be pursuers of God. We're called, we're created to be what? Starts with a W. Worshippers of God. No matter what family you're in, no matter what status like your life is right now, no matter what grade, no matter what school you go to, you are part and you are, you are a people of the most high creator God, which is stupid awesome. My wife gets on me for how I use that term stupid because it's really a negative thing, but I use it as like a positive thing. Like, man, this pizza is stupid good. Yeah, it's a silly phrase, but that's why I use it. But for us as humans to be called sons and daughters of God, Wyatt said it so well last week when he said, we did nothing to deserve the gift that Jesus Christ gives us through his death and resurrection on the cross, but he freely gives that to us. It's awesome. So God calls us to be worshipers, not only where we are, but where he's preparing us to go. Part of that can be like right now. You could be preparing to go back home. God is calling you to be, prepared, to be prepared to go back into your school. God is calling you to be prepared to go back and participate in that sports team. God is calling you to be prepared to go and be a light in a dark place. Not because of who you are, but because of who he is. Because he's our king and he's our God. Make sense? Yeah. Easy to know, harder to live out. But that is what we were called to do. Uh, some of you guys may know Ethan and Audrey Greer. Does anybody know them? You, yeah? Nice. Okay, cool. They were um, seniors when I moved here six and a half years ago from Indianapolis. And at, as I watched them their senior year of high school, uh, they ended up getting married, obviously, after high school. But then God was working in their lives to prepare them to go someplace that they may have never thought that they were going to go. Ethan and Audrey Greer are currently missionaries in Osaka, Japan. Has anybody been to Japan? You've been to Japan? <laughs> That's pretty cool. I would like to go to Japan. Ethan and Audrey, while, while they were in college, were working multiple jobs. 
so that they could afford to raise funds to go be missionaries in Japan. Did you know that in Japan, the, the average size, like a lot, there's no church in Japan that is larger than 500 people. Did you know that from 5th through 12th grade, our current student ministry is larger than the largest church in the entire country of Japan? Ethan and Audrey had had a calling on their heart from God to go and advance God's kingdom in a place that they had not necessarily thought about going when they were sitting where you were sitting. But God was actively moving in their lives and positioning them so that they would be prepared to go and let their worship overflow in the country of Japan. For me, my story, I graduated college, went to Johnson Bible College. I was going to do a year-long internship with Chad Monahan. I got there. First week, I'm at the church in Indianapolis. He's like, peace, I'm moving to Missouri. I was like, that's cool. So then I worked for a year at, at a church in Indianapolis. And then after that year, my internship was up. Uh, Chad met with me at a coffee house in Destin, Florida. Has anyone ever been to Destin? It's a really good place called uh, Fat Tony's. They have great cannolis there. It's pretty awesome. Uh, so, no, it's Fat Clemenza's, not Fat Tony's. That's a totally different place. Fat Clemenza's, great cannolis. Italian restaurant, pizza for days. So, I moved here six and a half years ago, and I knew one, I knew one person, really. I knew Chad. And so... Moving from growing up in Indianapolis, working in a church in Indianapolis with people that I knew and loved and cared about, to come to Southwest Missouri, that was pretty culture shocking for me. It's nothing, I'm sure, like going from here to Osaka, Japan. But for me, God had called me to go here and become the fifth through eighth grade student minister here. And uh, God used these past six and a half years to mold me and prepare me for, for who God is calling me to be. Uh, and so what's been awesome is that we've got to do a lot of fun things. We've got to go to Belize. We've got to go to Mixes. We, we got to do all kinds of cool things together as we prepare you guys for what's next in your student ministry life, how God is calling you to go. And so tonight, for, for me... This is a moment where I find myself in a similar position to where I was six and a half years ago. A couple months ago, uh, I had a couple of conversations with a church in Indianapolis, on the south side of Indianapolis, not my home church, but it was a church kind of where I grew up, and they, they don't have a middle school pastor, and they had asked me if I would be interested in going to be their pastor, and initially... I said, no. So I'm not, I love CCO. It's a great place. It's a, it's a good place. It's a safe place. Our elders are amazing. Our volunteers are second to none. And I remember, I remember calling them and saying that I didn't want the job. And then I remember going into my kitchen and just started crying. Because as much as I love Christchurch, as much as I love being a student minister here and how as part of God's family when I moved here six and a half years ago knowing one person this place in southwest Missouri has become home for myself and my wife and this is family 
This is God's family. And so I said no, and I got into my kitchen after I told the church no. And I started crying. I'm not very emotional. And right now, here's the deal. I got this stuff to make me less sad and awkward or whatever, because Mountain Dew's delicious. You can have whatever's left, buddy. Uh, in that moment, I got in my kitchen and I started crying, which is very bizarre because there's nothing wrong with crying. I just don't like dealing with sad emotions, so I avoid them. But God stopped me in my tracks and said, no, I need you to go. And so a couple weeks ago, I had this moment. I was going to stay. God said, I need you to go. And so I, I'm going to go and be a pastor back in Indianapolis, south side of, of Indy, to be a pastor of junior hires who don't necessarily have a shepherd right now. And it's exciting, but it's also crazy, crazy sad. Because like I said, you guys are family to us. But what is beautiful about how our worship overflows, about how God's kingdom works, is that it's a lot like a pizza. God's kingdom is a lot like a pizza. You have many slices in a pizza. Would you say? Yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Many slices in a pizza. None of these slices are exactly alike. Some of them have more pepperonis. Some of them have more cheese. But nonetheless, they're all part of the same pizza. And when God calls you to a place, junior high students, when God calls you to do something, when God calls you to do something that is outside of what you originally thought you were supposed to do, you got to know God's kingdom is big and it is wide. God's kingdom here in Southwest Missouri is the same kingdom in Osaka, Japan. And it's the same kingdom in Indianapolis. And so while this moment is very sad for me and my wife, because we're saying goodbye to a lot of friends and a lot of family, uh, I love that not only do we get to spend eternity with our Father when Christ comes back or we die, but eventually you will get to meet the other people that we got to minister with in Indiana. And I will get to meet the people that you got to minister to as God is preparing you to go and be light. We will be together in the big kingdom of God's. And that's what is exciting for me. Again, it's sad uh, and, it's, uh, and it's exciting and it's a very strange emotional place for me. But for myself and my wife, I just want to say thank you to you students for allowing me to be your pastor. Uh, and I would like to say thank you to these volunteers. And let me just ask a couple things of you guys. One, one, uh, your youth coaches, the adults that are in this room that lead your core, class, or core classes, that lead your connection groups, are amazing. They give up their time and their treasures and their talents so that they can be with you. And like I told the eighth grade boys last week, it is a privilege to be here. It is a privilege to get to worship God with other junior hires here. It's awesome. So love on these youth coaches because for real, for real, you have amazing godly people in your life that love you. Cool? Cool? Cool. Secondly, we don't know, we don't know who, who God's going to bring in, bring in next. 
But I, I need you guys to know that that dude or that girl is going to be amazing. And that girl is going to pursue Jesus. And that girl is going to, girl or guy, that person is going to love you guys so much because you can't not love you guys. Okay? So, I like just the weird claps. It's awesome. Uh, here we go. So, man, love on our youth coaches. Be praying for Adam and the rest of the student ministry team as they, they, they are looking at who's going to come in next to be a part of this great blessing that is Christ Church of Ornoga. Um, and then this last thing, pray for my wife and I because uh, we've never left a church before to go to another church. And so this is kind of, if I'm doing this wrong, I apologize, but we're figuring it out as we go. So, man, we just love you guys so much. Just, it's, it's, God's kingdom is bigger than all of us, which is probably the most exciting thing ever. That, that's what I love about God because he's bigger than, than me and anybody else. So, love you guys. Cool. Hey, we're going to pray for Luke and Camille. Um, before we do, every, guys, I want to talk to you guys. Every student in this room, uh, every student family in the last six years has been impacted um, in an eternal way by you guys and your faithfulness to the kingdom, um, your faithfulness to Jesus, and the way that he has equipped, and you guys may not know this, but the way that God has equipped you uh, to pour into this generation that he has set your hearts on fire to see th these people, these young men and women in these seats in the last six years um, really come to know Jesus. And so I guess it goes without saying for us that we're, we're sad, but we're grateful for the, the way in which you have submitted your lives to Jesus, the way in which you are uh, continually taking up his calling and that truly worship is overflowing in and through everything that you guys do. So guys, would you join me? Would you stand? Uh, would you put an arm sort of out like this? And we're just going to pray over Luke and Camille in this way. Would you join me in prayer? Father God, we thank you for your faithfulness. God, we thank you for uh, the grace and the mercy that continues to precede um, our understanding of you, our love for you. God, we thank you for the way in which um, you've equipped us, you, you have wired us to continue to love you first and foremost, and through that love, to love those around us. God, thank you for the display, the image of Jesus that is through Luke and Camille, the way that they have displayed your heart your love, your passion, your peace, your patience, your goodness, and the way that they've loved us, and specifically the way that they loved junior hires, the way they've loved this family, this church. God, thank you for just the ways in which you continue to reveal yourself in and through your people, uh, that we may advance your kingdom for your glory. God, we thank you for uh, what you're already doing in this transition. We thank you for um, setting their hearts at peace uh, for where they're going. Uh, we pray for peace. We pray for courage. Um, mostly we pray for boldness, that they would continue the example that they've set here uh, everywhere that they go. Jesus, may your name be known. May you be lifted high above every name. 
and the people that are touched and impacted, just as they are here by Luke and Camille, may they know you in greatness and fullness. God, it's in your son's name that we just humbly come before you and that we lift you up. Jesus, we praise you. It's your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.